Hello folks, welcome to another episode of Yoga Dave's Hobby Podcast, the podcast where I talk about everything from tabletop RPGs, tabletop board games and tabletop board games and everything that those particular hobbies encompass. Uh, today I'm going to be talking to Stormgrad Games, um, who is one third of the hosting team for Bop Time Radio. If you remember way back in July, we had a episode where I talked to Scarlet Kingdom, who is one of his co-hosts, along with um, Caitlin the Trickster, who is an amazing artist and does the artwork for all of their um, shows, all the stuff for their show, which is awesome. Um, and I highly recommend checking her out. Um, I will hopefully have her and Leaky Cheese uh, and um, Office Painter and several other of the um, Warmongers. Um, that's the the Warhammer players on Twitter. They go by the hashtag Warmongers. Um, yeah, hope to have a whole bunch of them on the show for interviews, but it's working out times and actually asking some of them. Um, so, yeah. First, um, I'm going to talk about um, Skelp, which is on the 12th of October. as the next uh, Scottish Wargaming show. It is in Forfar. Uh, it's run by the Angus Wargames Club. Um, it's sponsored by Warbases this year. Um, so that's that's always a, a ringing endorsement is from Warbases because the, the base guys... Scotland um, yeah, if you are there in the area, if you live in the area or you're going to be in the area on that time, I recommend you go have a wee look at uh, maybe buy some stuff maybe get into trouble for buying stuff but whatever, anyway um, yeah that is 12th of October in the Reed Hall, in Forfar um, and that is that so you know this is Monday the it is I can't even remember the date now Uh, 16th uh, 4 weeks today the Legends of Hammond Sharon first round of playtests go live it lasts from that date which is the 14th of October um, till the 14th of April um, if you are a podcaster yourself or you play a, a, on an actual play um, stream for Twitch would love to have you do it doesn't matter if you don't do any of that as long as you keep detailed notes and pass them along to us and what tell us what you think honest opinions guys we're not looking for people kissing our arse um, you know there's, there's going to be freebies that's going to appear at some point but it's not going to be you know massive freebies free for alls for people that are playtesting it um, you get to play the playtest rules you get to be part of something but um, we want honest opinions we want you to play honestly and you know Tell us what you think. Do what you think. 
when when you're doing podcasts, do streams, whatever. It's we want honest and um, upfront uh, feedback on it. So uh, yeah, that's it. And um, without further ado, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Repeat. 14th of October to 14th of April. It's a Monday to, I don't even know what day it is in April. I can't say it is in April, but it's 14th of October to the 14th of April that we're going to run this particular round of playtests. Then we're going to have a three month break and we're going to fix all the stuff that's broke or needs looked at. Uh, and then we'll start again in July. <laughs> And midway through July, that'll be another six months, um, and then another there'll be two months in between, and then uh, I think it's three months, and then two months, and then three months, and then the final one will be ready sometime 2020, either 2021, 2022. I haven't totally worked out because obviously we need to do. Kickstarters and all this, that kind of stuff. So, once we've got it all sorted, um, we'll we'll do that thing and get it published. Um, obviously, we have a Patreon um, that will hopefully help us to get some art done and get covers done and all this, that kind of stuff. Pay up, pay, pay for um, artists to do their thing and pay for writers to do their thing as well as we talked about in the last podcast um, so uh, if you want to help us out uh, it's Legends Hammondshire on, on Patreon um, and that's that's it uh, so without further ado your Stormground Games Hello folks um, so today our interview is with Stormground Games of uh, the Walk Time Radio uh, podcast. Um, so, how are you doing? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Doing pretty well. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I could be better. I could be worse. Um, so, explain a little bit. I know that we had Scarlet on before, but explain a little bit about what you do. And what uh, you do. So, I am Stormgrad, uh, and I am one of the three uh, illustrious members of the War Time Radio crew. <laughs> um, it's myself, uh, Scarlet Kingdom, and uh, Caitlin, uh, better known as uh, at Arsenic Not Typhoon mm-hmm. or Trickster Zinch on uh, Twitter. Uh, we run a fortnightly podcast where we have other hobby folk on. We run down the news and we, we basically chat for an hour and a half and uh, about all sorts and everything uh, and give our opinions and thoughts on the latest releases and news from Games Workshop. Um, other than that, I paint a lot of white mm. and blue. Mm. And only those colours. Uh, <laughs> regardless of what I might try and tell you, apparently that is it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a fact that Scarlett is trying to emphasise, uh, as this morning a, a little gift from her arrived, which was just world eaters, horror heresy stuff. Yes. So I now have another army that I need to paint in white and blue. Yes. Um, yes. That wasn't particularly we, though, was it? No, uh, it, was, it was no, it was the uh, it was a world eaters support 
cadre. So mm. it was uh, a contempt of dreadnought, a bunch of rampages, Fun. Um, some red butchers. So yeah, mm. basically, um, I, I think she just wants someone extra to play heresy with. Yeah. Uh, this is what I'm getting at uh, because uh, for Christmas last year, I she got me Khan uh, as a very lovely oh, gift, and she spearheaded an effort to get me a present uh, when I hit 1,000 followers, mm -hmm. which turned out to be Angron. <laughs> uh, so I now have Angron. So so I haven't bought any of this myself. This is all gifts that Scarlet has has organized or directly pushed for or funded herself. Khan, uh, nice. um, some Red Butchers, Terminators, some Rampagers, a Contempt of Dreadnought with two Chain Fists, and Angron. So I think that she's slowly just trying to buy me a Horus Heresy army so she has someone else to play with. Yeah, that's, that's the plan. That sounds like what she's doing. And yeah, yeah. I'm not complaining. No, no, no. What wouldn't surprise me is if at some point some plastic box boxes appear, or boxes like the Horus Heresy boxes, if she can find them, appear at your house with all uh, that nice I, plastic. I want to get on to uh, the old eBay's and stuff and see because um, if I can find some because yeah. I know uh, I know a friend of uh, mine found uh, the Berlin Prospero box mm. on um, Amazon on German Amazon for mm -hmm. like 150 euro um, which it retailed at 125 euro yeah, so that's so. pretty good yeah that's not um, far off yeah so I need to I need to look uh, and see if I can find one because I'd love the uh, I, I think I'd be quite happy to get Burn and Prospero myself because yeah. the it's got some space wallsy bits that I can just transition to my, my shield walls and use with those mm -hmm. which would be cool um, mostly I'm thinking I'd do a Primaris version of Grigor Felhand which is the character you get in that yeah. set I know because um, I've got both Burn, I got both Burn and Prospero and um, Betrayal at Calv to make my or a series here, Space Wolf Army. Matt, there is very little of my Space Wolf Army that is resin or has anything to do with Forge Royal. Um, yeah, I mean, so... My power weapons, I think, are the only things that are actually from Forge World. Everything else is from third party or GW Plastic. I mean, even so my... I'm, I'm trying to think um, what, because what I'd want for my, my heresy world eaters. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to do a Galen Sirlet conversion because mm -hmm. the 4 plus plus feel no pain that he gives is really good. Anyway, sorry, we should go into that. We should talk about other hobby stuff rather than be getting into the nitty gritty of, yo, no, I no. want to do this really sick ass world eaters list. No, no, that's, that's fine. We're talking about hobby stuff. Um, no, because everything that I've got from a um, Space Wolves Army is basically a conversion. Um, yeah. Or the the base plastic, so it's like I've got converted, converted actually with like space wolf parts from the forty k space wolves. I've got stuff from third party, what jetpacks and jetpacks jump packs. Yeah. Um, I've got converted outriders, um, and that is all part of my. Um, 40k army as well, so I've got I've got like eight thousand points worth of um, 40k. My uh, my my 40k army is all Primaris. Yeah. Um, but um, I haven't included the Primaris. 
using the uh, using some third party parts with with Horace Heresy mm-hmm. um, is less of an issue for me, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I mostly play at a local games workshop, yeah. um, and thus third party parts are a oh, bit of a no no. And that's that's fair enough, you know. I I don't mind that. It's, yeah. it's not a restriction that bothers me. No. Um, Usually the uh, there is a restriction on on Forge World usage yeah. at the store, uh, basically because they don't sell it in store. They don't want um, to sell. They don't want to bring it in. Um, yeah. And so you know, and that's that's kind of fair enough. And the restriction is simply if it's for a store event or tournament, yeah. then no. Uh, yeah. But if you're just having a friendly pickup game with someone, then it's fine. Um, yeah, which it, I, I think is a suitable compromise. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to complain. No. Um, and then. Uh, we have uh, uh, so using third party parts. Considering um, the times I'm likely to bust out a heresy army would yeah. be uh, an independent or a gaming club. Yeah. Um, yeah, the use of third party parts there would be feasible and doable for me. So yeah. I might have to look in to see what what there is. Um, um, I use Chromlink um, and Spellcrow. I know particularly Kirioff thinks pretty highly of Spellcrow, yeah. so that might definitely be a one to give a proper look to. I think I got the jetpacks from Spellcrow. I might have been mini part mini EU where I got the jetpacks from. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's been that long since I actually got them. I ne- definitely got stuff from Spellcrow, and I definitely got stuff from um, Chromlink. I got. I get my plasma guns from uh, bikes from Spellcrow. I think it might have been the plasma guns, and then I get um, what do you call them? Not conversion beams. Is it graviton guns? Which the, the fucking guns. space wolves can he have in 40k, which is nice. Um, it's not, it's not yeah, yeah. on that nonsense. Um, we also don't get centurions either. No, which I'm fine no. with because I fucking hate those models. <laughs> Ah, oh, see, I think rules-wise, centurions are really good. Yeah, rules-wise, rules-wise, they're fine, but the actual models just look fucking stupid. Oh yeah, um, I, I think you could do something with them though. Yeah. Like I saw someone um, cut back a lot of the uh, extraneous nonsense mm-hmm. and uh, do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then wolfing up, I suppose, would help it quite a lot. Wolfing up everything helps. Um, Oh, so that's that's one of my next big hobby projects yeah. is some um, Primaris Wolfen. Because mm. um, I've got enough Primaris parts kicking around left over spare yeah. uh, that I can I can cut up a box of Wolfen and uh, and do something fun with that. Um, and then I can include Wolfen in my my 40k list. Yeah, I want Wolfen, but I'm not a big fan of spending all that money on such a small amount of figures. The kits as well apparently are a pain to put together. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. So, because are they not? Are they resin or are they plastic? They are plastic kits. Yeah. But they are stupid um, numbers of multi parts. Yeah, there's multi parts with uh, some specific fittings and mm. stuff. So using them as conversion parts yeah. rather than like uh, <laughs> I, I know people that have complained about putting them together. So uh, and the people who who have complained who aren't normally complainers, yeah. so... Not like Leaky or Office. I mean, Leaky is 
is pretty fine, but office will complain about everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. He, but you would know that, you know, him being a, a soft southerner. Yeah, that's, that's true. He's a soft southerner. No, I, I can't take the piss out of Leaky anymore, as much as I, I would normally, because I found out he had a whip it. And I have a whip it. <laughs> whip it owners have it. to stick Don't together. Love. Yeah, whip it owners have to st- stick together. Um, right, <laughs> well, actually. I mean, I, I used to uh, cohabit with a whippet collie cross. Mm. Lovely dog. Yeah. Mine is a nutcase. There's, there's <laughs> no other way of putting it. Zach is an absolute headcase. Um, but, you know, love him a bit. Uh, so, questions. First yeah. one is how long have you been in the hobby? Um, so, my very first uh, introduction to Games Workshop miniatures and, and, and that kind of the hobby in general, uh, I was uh, 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just started at secondary school and there was uh, I was being introduced and shown around by um, some kids in the year above me, year 8 and uh, we got talking about interests and hobbies mm-hmm. and they brought up Games Workshop and I was like hooked um, so I went along uh, to an after school club uh, where basically terrain consisted of a stack of textbooks uh, for a hill and and watch some people play some some old Warhammer Fantasy, and uh, I, I immediately wanted in, and I was looking around at uh, the different armies uh, and and what everyone else had, and uh, I, I was immediately my attention was drawn to the undead, and so uh, I uh, my very first first Games Workshop purchase was Nagash, Supreme Lord of the Undead, with his big derpy metal clown face. The metal one? Aye. Yep, yep. It's, it was the worst miniature I have ever assembled. Oh. Uh, and uh, will probably continue to be so. Uh, it was, yeah, no, everybody knows that miniature was, that was terrible. It, the, it was, it's got great nostalgia to it, yeah. but that's, that's the only thing it's got going for it. Yeah. I, I believe that is one of the... I believe... Going back to the undead, I believe Nagash is the one and only of the old school um, undead figures that my dad doesn't own. For a very really? simple reason. It's a shitty model. So, now as an adult, mm-hmm. uh, with 22 years of experience on yes. me, um, I want to... Uh, I've been looking at eBay prices and keeping an eye to see if I can find one relatively cheap. Uh, because I think... The old school one? Yeah, the old school one. I think I can uh, do a good job of it now. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to tackle it and, yeah. uh, as an adult, uh, again with the experience of the adult, and yeah. uh, go in there and really like do what I should have done, which no 11-year-old knows anything about. Yeah. Which is use some heavy duty pin, uh, heavy duty pinning, mm. and <laughs> you know, like actually put a base coat down because you know who primes miniatures, right? Yeah. Like what's this priming mark? Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, no, eleven-year-old me was was terrible. Thirty-three-year-old uh, um, me isn't that much better, but we're getting there. Well, I was lucky that my dad got me into the hobby when I was five. So I, I'm in it 30 years. Um, See, 
that that is fortunate because you have someone to to teach you. Yeah. All all I had was um, other kids who yeah. knew barely little more than I did. So. Well, you've seen my painting. It's not. It's passable as tabletop at times. It's, it's pretty good tabletop, to be fair. Yeah. You know, it's not. If, if I actually I'm, take that. If I like actually take my time, would be very happy to be able yeah. to own that and put it down on the table. Yeah. When I actually take the time to sit and finish them, it's not display. I, I, I hasten. See, whenever anyone commissions a paint job for me, it's like I'm going to tell you it's tabletop quality. It's always going to be tabletop quality. <laughs> but you know what? Though that's just what most people want. Yeah. They just want something to put on the table that's painted because they don't have the time or the patience. Yeah. To bother to do it themselves, and that's that's perfectly reasonable. That is entirely acceptable. I think that you know, it's that's what most people want is yeah. is a good tabletop finish. I mean, it's all I want. Like that's all I'm aiming for is is yeah. something that looks good on the table. Like if you were to pick my stuff up and look at it closely, you'd see like tons of mistakes. Yeah. Um, that's I just got really good at hiding stuff with pictures. Yeah, that, that's why I, I hate taking pictures of the figures. I'm like, oh, see when I look at them, I'm like, oh, that looks fucking terrible. No. You always spot a mistake as well. Yeah. And and it's always when you finished it and it's fucking varnished as well. You're like, you bastard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, where were the. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember the yeah, in the gash. Um, yeah, literally, I think he's the only one of the old school metal figures that my dad doesn't know. Um, I don't think he has any like the he has none of the Tomb King stuff because all his like chariots and stuff were like the original ones, the original plastic chariots. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know. So my my undead stuff, as I said, like I I was eleven, so it was before Tomb Kings. Before, before, two, the break. before they split between Tombkins yeah. and Vampire Counts, and then when that split happened, yeah. um, I I went Vampire Counts yeah. and I went and, uh, I went and got some Strigoi vampires mm. uh, because they were cool. Well, what, what he did was got now for the Blood Knights. Is it the Blood Knights? Yeah. Yeah. He got um, Bretonian knights and fucking converted them the cheeky bastard. Uh, so that's an army I wish I had. Bretonians. Lots of people have that um, nostalgic, oh, I'd love to see Bretonians. I'd love to see Bretonians come back. I, actually, I was talking to somebody the other day, I can't remember who it was. And they were like, yeah, I'd love if they brought the Bretonians back. It's like, that's not happening. My, uh, so I, I never got Bretonians because my younger brother had them. Yeah. Because uh, I got into the hobby, and then, then immediately he, he was like, oh, what's this? This is cool. Um, so yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. I know. I know uh, that feeling. Your younger uh, brother upstaging you with stuff. Yeah. Um, we started so, doing. Sorry, we started doing twenty-eight mil World War Two. Um, and there boat was action or? a boat action and chain of command. Um, with two fat lardy servos, but it was there was this company, this plastic toy soldier company, that did like a full pack army for like fifty quid. 60 quid yeah. or something like that and he went and got them the Russians which is what I had played when I was playing World War 2 before um, and I'm like you wee shit you wee shit save, it, they saved me about 
150 quid on the Americans that I bought. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> fun. When you're you're stagey. Um, yeah, so uh, he got Bretonian, and mm-hmm. uh, now again, like as an adult, like if there was uh, something Bretonian-like to come back from GW, mm-hmm. uh, I'd be all over that yeah. because I think as a painting project, yeah, uh, it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I like. That's how I. Lo- I'm looking at stuff now. Like this would be a cool project. This would be fun yeah. for a paint, and then. Uh, which is, is weird because like I used to think very kind of uh, rules focused, and yeah. now as I've got older, I transitioned into thinking, uh, what would be fun, and uh, what would be a cool big project. And so like now my big project is, and, and has been from like getting back into the hobby uh, a year and a bit ago, was uh, a case of um, I really want to do like a big Imperium army like mm-hmm. I wanted when I was younger, like yeah. just all of the things. Um, so yeah. It's, I've got walls now, and I've got two thousand points of knights sitting on my desk. So, yes. I, I and, uh, after a little hobby break, I think because I think I'm gonna gonna take uh, a break and work through some backwards stuff and some yeah. smaller projects after the big nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the next thing is they'll be just in time for the sisters box, right? <laughs> so two thousand <laughs> points of sisters, right? Ah, uh, yeah, sisters have never really interested me. I, I, I don't know what it is with them it's just it's one of those armies that I looked at and I'm like mm, nah so so for me it's not something I want to like the knights I mm-hmm. kind of want to expand into a bigger army yeah. the, the space walls I've got um, like it started off as like a, I'll just build to 2k I, I've got like 3.5k worth of points now sitting around um, I want to expand that even further and like I have a plan to expand it out to like an 8,000 point list um like me yeah yeah pretty much and then just kind of like just do a whole great company and be like yeah "Yeah." um this is like 130 40 primary space walls and (laughs) accompanying vehicles and oh yeah I've also converted some Primaris Wolf and some Primaris Thunderwolf Cavalry. Because <laughs> um, you've got to have Thunderwolf Cavalry. Yeah, you've got to have Thunderwolf. Um, which is why I'm so disappointed there are no Primaris Bikers. No, I, I with the White Scars, I'm expecting at some point to bring out some. See the next yeah. update to the Codex, which is about two years away, there'll be bikes. Um, I'm assuming. And jet bikes too. Um, yeah, yeah. I, jet bikes cool. I am going. I'm stopping myself from buying the Emperor's Guard. What's the names? Yeah, the custodians. Custodians. I'm stopping myself from buying custodian bits to convert for my 40k wolf farmy, 30k wolf farmy even. Um, as jet bikes. So I saw on I think it was Facebook a while ago. Some guy had done a Howling Griffins army. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, they must have been using Space Wolf rules, mm-hmm. uh, uh, because they had, they had large units of the little Griffhounds, mm-hmm. uh, which I assume they were using as Fenris in Wolves, yep. uh, which, genius, by the way. Yes. Uh, but they also had, uh, some of the, uh, the Paladors, the, uh, Stormcasts that ride the Griff Chargers, mm. uh, but they'd converted them up to be, uh, Marines. to be Howling Griffins, Primaris Marines. Mm-hmm. 
uh, riding these Griff Chargers. Then mm -hmm. I can only assume that the reason to do that was to use them as Fenrisian cavalry. Mm -hmm. um, and they looked amazing. Yeah. As like, a, a, a cool theme for the army. That was, yeah. It was really cool. It was great. Um, uh, I think, if I remember rightly, they even had a, um, a converted Logan uh, <laughs> with his... Uh, with his chariot being pulled by two, uh, it's got to be fucking better than charges. the original one. It's got to be original okay. and a bloody better than the original. So I would not um, buy that for love nor money. Uh, see, I, I kind of attempted to buy the chariot, but mostly because uh, again, it would be something called a paint. Mm. Uh, but also, I'm uh, my uh, primaris grav captain, mm -hmm. uh, gravis captain, uh, that I'm working on at the moment. Uh, I've given him a big axe rather than the original sword, because, yeah. you know, it had to warp him off a bit. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at him, he's got a giant axe and a little bolt storm gauntlet power fist thing. And in pose, he's not too dissimilar to yeah. Logan Grimnar. No. And I'm thinking... Oh, God. I could, I could just use it as, like, Primaris Grimnar. Yeah. yeah. And then I can just, you know, I can get it so I can pin him to the base. I can pin him on and off the chariot. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming Maybe at some point they will release Wogan as a Primaris, but don't know. I, I don't think so. I, no. I think uh, I think the the prevailing theory is that they'll kill Logan off mm. and we'll get Primaris Ragnar Blackwing. Hmm. Mm. He is getting on and years any Logan yeah uh, I don't know if they'll I, I, they might, they might not kill him off they might just give us Primaris Ragnar mm -hmm. but I think out of the the two big Space Wolf characters that we'd see cross the Rubicon Primaris mm -hmm. uh, uh, Ragnar's probably the Ragnar's more likely yeah um, won't be as wild as he was I, would, I wouldn't think but you know that's fine well, so that's the thing, like, Ragnar is, like, that's part of the story of Ragnar anyway, like, mm. impetuous young, and then, like, you could already start to see it in, like, the little snippets of lore and stuff you get for him, yeah. uh, as he's, like, calming down, as he's settling into the role of Wolflord, mm -hmm. um, and so, like, the, the next step for him is to really, like, Buckle buck dude. that and, uh, and totally settle down properly. Yeah. Uh, and become this seasoned commander, and uh, yeah, like becoming a Primaris uh, Space Wolf would be a cool way of showing that. Yeah, yeah, I like the 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 idea of the the young wolf company because that's the kind of way I play. So I mean, I do have grey grey hunters, I do have long fangs, I do have wolf guard, but most of it is sky close. Swift Claws and uh, Blood Claws and it's just like go across the yeah. and go smash smash well, smash I mean that's that's the other thing that's the reason part of the reason for me wanting to do a uh, Primaris uh, Wolfen right mm -hmm. uh, because then that gives me a really good reason to include a, a Stormfang Gunship because <sighs> um, then I've got something to transport them in mm -hmm. I've got the, the cool thing that this whole self-contained little aspect to the army um, yeah, I think that could be fun. Yeah. See, I have never really 
because my Space Wolf army is based around um, first and second edition Space Wolves, because I've been playing yep. since way back, and I have figures that are that fucking old. Um, I literally have like some first edition Space Marines still kicking about in my army, um, but and I've got um, first edition Terminators as well, Wolf Guard, somewhere, and then boxes. Fucking hundreds of space wolves, man. I've got, but I've never had them built around like vehicles. So I have a couple of rhinos, and that's it. And a couple of dreadnoughts. Um, I really need to pick up some proper vehicles for my space wolves. So storm wolf or similar might not be a bad idea for that. But there's there's other things that need to be bought before then because I'm like you. I'm I'm getting to that point where I build my painting, I plan my painting around projects rather than, you know, oh, I'm buying this army, I'm buying that army, and I'm buying that specific amount of figures for that army. That's why I started doing the Infinity stuff. It was like, ooh, that'll be interesting to paint. Even though... I mean, so... um, I kind of wax and wane with that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, my... I, I was like, I wanted to get back into the hobby. Mm-hmm. I started looking around, and then Kill Team was announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, okay, I want to do a Kill Team. Yeah. Let's have a look at like what would be interesting. Like Space Marines is always a good place to start. Always. So I started playing around with color schemes and ideas, and then then well, I ended mate. up with this white and blue scheme, and I was like, that's really cool. Oh, hang on, that's already a thing. That's that's very well these. And then I was starting to look. At Law of Primaris Marines, and so like I came up with this idea that you know, if Cool was gonna lie and say mm-hmm. these aren't world eaters, these nope. are nope. X Primarch sons instead, who whose would he say they were? Spools, and it's like, well, he'd say they were Rosses, right? He'd mm-hmm. say they were Space Wolves, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. other most savage legion. Yep. Um, and so it just kind of fell into place so I, I had this white blue colour scheme I had a, an idea to do a Space Wolves army I wanted to include um, sadly we have no close combat troops for Primaris really yeah. like dedicated heavy hitters yeah. um, so I'm hoping that changes because I'd love to include some like big old meaty boys mm-hmm. um, yeah. and yeah um, and just just go that um, and so that's how that developed and uh I was like, cool. And so I built what I... I kind of worked out what I wanted to take for the Kill Team campaign mm-hmm. and, and built and painted that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... then I was like, oh, I've ended up with a lot of extra stuff. I'm just going to like play this and then like the next bit is to get to 500 points. What do I need for that? Well, it's not too difficult. Just buy XYZ. So I bought XYZ, painted that stuff up, incorporated that into the Kill Team and then worked on a 500-point army. And I was like, oh, cool. Actually, I've ended up with a lot extra here. Yeah. What's next? Well, I guess I go to a thousand points and <laughs> so on and so forth. And uh, then it was it came out to to Christmas, and I was like, I've got one thousand, like I've got just over a thousand points here. I've got like big part of uh, a big chunk of a uh, way to go to two thousand mm-hmm. or one thousand five hundred. What what else would I want to include? And I'm like, so I was looking. I was like, well. I like Redemptive Dreadnoughts, the first one was really fun to build and paint, so I'd like to include another one. 
And if I was to take it to 2,000 points, what else would you include? It's like, well, I guess I'd like to include a repulsor, right? Like the big tank, because the executioner wasn't out. Yeah. I was like, just take the big tank, right? And that's that's going to be like, it, it, it's, it's like 330 points at the time, so it's like a big chunk of the the points to make up as well. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's a big chunk of points in one model. So it's also like fairly cost efficient if what you're doing is I'm looking to spend money to reach X point value. And then they brought out battle forces. They had the Imperial Fists one that had more aggressors in it, and I wanted, aggr- I wanted to add extra aggressors. And it had a Redemptor Dreadnought, and I wanted a Redemptor Dreadnought. And then they had the other box, which had Inceptors. I wanted to add a couple more Inceptors. And uh, it had a Repulsor. And I'm like, I guess I'm buying that box, right? I'm buying one of each. So I did. It's just, it's just build, build. Oh, I'll get that, I'll get that. I, I, yeah, I yeah. I, so, I have a ton of stuff sat under my desk. I have like 15 Reavers that are unpainted, <laughs> well, unbuilt, unpainted on sprue under my desk right now. Because eventually it's like, alright, I want to do 30 Reavers and do like 3 squads of 10 with knives and have ultimate stabby boys. Uh, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> do that. Because like, we got the Stalker Pack in the Vigilus book mm-hmm. as well. So I think it'd be cool to like, alright, what's the minimum detachment for elites? It's it's three on one HQ. Yeah. So you take three full ten man Reaver squads and the the, the Phobos Lieutenant. Um and you put them as a stalker pack and you just yeah. use that as its own detachment. And that could be cool, and then you have like thirty one guys deep striking. Yep. Um that that could be like Entertaining. Just for me, like I, I have no idea. It's probably useless, right? Like yeah. it's, it's seven hundred points in one detachment, yeah. essentially, and it's, it's, it's probably not going to do much because, like, in any large scale game, that's a lot of points to leave off the board at the start of the first turn. Yeah. But the threat of having like thirty guys deep striking, <laughs> me, me. and then especially with the new marine walls, right? With the extra attack on the charge, yeah. space walls. Alright, it's not as great as, as the Blood Angels bonuses with the wounding on plus ones, but you know, take what you get. Yep. Um, I don't know, like, it seems fun to me. Yeah, I still haven't read the new rulebook, you know, the new codex. Because, um, keep on looking to buy it, but then I don't have the fucking money, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I always buy stuff, like, I buy loads of stuff for an army and then realise that I've got way too much for it and go, huh, that's not helpful. Yeah, I I mean, I I did the same with my Flesh of Your Corpse because uh, Flesh of Your Corpse came out again and, and mentioned, like, Love Undead and Strigoi uh, and, like, Flesh of Your Corpse are kind of like the spiritual successors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I went out and I got the limited edition Baltone when that came out, um, and uh, I split um, Carrion Empire with uh, a friend of mine, Voice of Kosh Bees, mm-hmm. um, who actually, as of recording, uh, a week today, we are going to be live in Nottingham on yes. Warhammer TV, playing yes. a game, so that's that's exciting. Is it Death Guard she's using? I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, she's, she's taking... 
humanitarian, no. uh, a bunch of death shrouds, uh, some vehicles, and then 51 poxwalkers. Ooh, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, this is these, and so I know full well she's not going to do what she should do with them, which is basically just push them as far forward as possible and string them out and just move block me. Mm. So I know that's not going to happen, but I, we're playing uh, Maelstrom of War, yeah. um, so any time I'm going to have to contest an objective, I'm not really sure that's possible, no. because there's no way I'm going to outscore her for models around an objective. No. It's like, well, I've got one. It's just this big stompy guy, but he's still one model. Mm. What have you got? <laughs> well, I've, I've got these 50 Foxhawks, I see. Yeah. See, that's the thing with... Poxwalkers and a lot of the very hordy armies that or units that annoys me is that kind of thing you know it's you know yeah they're worth X amount of points but if they're holding up object objectives from something that outpoints them there's just one yeah, figure well I mean so here's the thing right like I have to have a way of dealing with that yeah. and I, I do I have have a night army, it's not like it's adverse to shooting things. No. Uh, it's just that the a lot of the shooting I've included is is mostly focused around uh, killing Mortarian and the Death Yeah, Surge. yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest, my aim is to uh, charge and kill Mortarian uh, turn one if I can. <laughs> you laugh, but I'm I've gone for House Raven, the mm. Mechanicus house. Uh, so their neat trick is they can um, advance and still fire the weapons as if they haven't even moved. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, so assault weapons, basically, there's no... All weapons count as assault weapons, and there's no penalty mm. uh, for advancing and shooting. Ooh. So I have a, a Knight Valiant mm -hmm. <laughs> that can move 10 inches. Mm -hmm. can advance d6 on top of that mm -hmm. and gets an extra 2 to that if he starts within 6 of uh, one of my other knights <laughs> um, so if I'm lucky I can get 18 inches across the table yeah. I can start 12 inches up so that's yeah. it's possible <laughs> 30 inches right so if Bortarian starts right on the 12 inch line mm -hmm. And I maximise rolls. I can get the thunder coil harpoon in range to shoot him turn one. Ouch. Yeah. So doing thirteen mortal wounds to mortarian on turn one. Uh, mm. Thirteen wounds to mortarian on turn one uh, would be tasty. Yes. Uh, three of them would be mortals. Uh, you know, uh, that'd be that'd be pretty good. That's the dream. The dream is not going to happen. I'm well aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> like. It's ambitious at best. Yeah. But it's technically doable. <laughs> um, bearing in mind that I know that Bees is taking Death Shroud Terminators because she loves Death Shroud Terminators, mm. who on a two up can eat any hit from Mortarian. Mm -hmm. So I also have to kill the Death Shroud in the same turn. Yeah. <laughs> so that they don't just eat the hit from Mortarian. Because. Yeah, so you just kill them on the Death Shrouds and then. Start on the Yeah, yeah. So, so literally, my plan 
plan is to uh, is to get knights in charge range on turn one, um, and then nice. then use full tilt to actually charge a knight in if I don't successfully finish him off. Mm. Um, and then if push comes to shove, use the death grip strategy, right? Like actually just death grip it out with Mortarian. <laughs> I have a giant thunder thunder strike gauntlet. You mm. have a uh, a massive scythe. Let's see who wins. Yeah. Uh, hint Mortarian. Mortarian always wins. No, so we'll no, no, see no. if I prove it right. See, this this is the thing. I don't mind stupid as long as it's fun. That's it. That that is my thing. I, it's the same thing, same um, mentality I take when I go to tournaments, which I very rarely do. Um, is is it gonna be fun? Yes, I'm taking it. Um, it's why I only do um, Malfoy and BattleTech tournaments because they're fun. There's, there's no I mean there's serious people there and I've had serious um, c- competitors that I've played against but it's like right that's one game oh. out of every what, six or seven games so it's like fuck it I don't care um, but so yeah. that's that's the thing right if you are going to an event and you're you're taking an army and the the opponent sits down opposite you or stands opposite you and sees what you've got and what you've got is is clearly just for the lols mm-hmm. um, to, to put it like that uh, then what's going to happen is they're going to relax uh, they're probably going to have a more fun game yeah. uh, and as well because like if you've got a list that is just for the lols they know that they're not going to have to try hard yeah. they're going to have more fun because a serious competitor coming up against that is is going to look at it and, and probably just treat it as a, a free win. Yes. Um, you know, because they probably have a more competitive list. Um, yes. But that's that's good, right? Because then they have fun, they're enjoying themselves. Even if you say you're going to like a GW event where soft scores are quite important, um, you know, like. Themed armies and lists generally do better in terms of like the army painting kind of side of things, yeah. uh, because people appreciate that. Um, and uh, as well, like if you're not being super serial, you're just having a laugh, uh, and other people are enjoying that aspect of the game with you, then they are likely to give you better scores for sportsmanship. Yeah. You know, it all has this knock-on effect, right? Yep. But they still get the arsehole occasionally. That's well, way you're too serious. Well, everywhere. Uh, who who is accusing you of of diminishing the uh, the worth of winning the tournament uh, as if he is actually ever going to do so in the first place yeah. um, uh, by uh, undermining the game by bringing a not serious list to what he believes to be a serious event. Yeah. See, the problem is with the battle tech one is the guy does win the tournaments, and he's the only prick. In the pack, so um, yeah. Fortunately, when I come up against them, I do play seriously. Well, you shouldn't play change your playstyle for someone else. <clears throat> yeah. You should just have fun. And if if you're enjoying it and he's not, well, that uh, and everybody else enjoys playing against you or with you. Then yeah. There's there's one common denominator, and it's it's that guy, that not dick. you. Yeah. Anyway. Um, 
so still got a few questions actually. Um, so how often do you play or study the hobby? Um, so I'm always doing something that is hobby related generally. Um, like since getting back into it, it's it's pretty much uh, been a fairly all-consuming thing uh, in terms of time and stuff. And that's that's only got more so as like followers have grown. Uh, yeah. People have. I've, I've gained more people that have been interested in my stuff and what I'm doing, um, which I'm immensely thankful for. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, like... Um, yeah, because at one point we were kind of growing neck and neck, and then you just all of a sudden exploded. But then there was a period where I kind of all of a sudden exploded, and it's like, well... Yeah. It's a I cyclical mean, it's, thing, man. It's kind of cool. Um, like, I don't know why I did, or... Um, what happened, but yeah. I think it's, it's the night. Uh, um, I'll be honest. Yeah, well, so, I hit uh, a thousand followers uh, a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was March, maybe? It was mm-hmm. mid-March? It was after the game was Scarlet, anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like, I was definitely around doing my own thing. And then uh, I went to UK Games Expo. And I came back, and uh, there was a, uh, a thing at the local store. It was like, paint a model that you've always wanted to paint. And mm-hmm. then turn it into, like, a painting competition. And I was like, yeah. I guess I've always wanted to do a night. They're fun. That'd be a cool thing to add to my army. So I did a night. And yeah. then I was like, that was fun. Much like we attempted Reynolds. Apparently, I just like building giant robots. Yeah. Um, not wrong with giant stompy robots. Yeah, I was like, cool. Kind of want to do more now. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, so I uh, actually, uh, as as part of a birthday present, got a knight valiant, um, and then then a couple of armagers, and I was like, all right, I guess I have a knight army now. <laughs> Yes. Um, so I, I contacted uh, Games Workshop, the guys at Warhammer Community, uh, specifically, uh, really easy to do, by the way, if you're interested. Uh, what you have to do is be fairly visible on social media and or in the Warhammer TV Twitch chat yeah. um, and uh, send uh, Mr. Wade Price uh, an email via their official email yeah. uh, and, uh, and be like, play on the stream I'd like to do XYZ I think this would be fun and if they agree that it would be cool uh, and you're someone in the hobby that they're aware of uh, chances are they'll say yes because they love that sort of thing they love yeah. including regular hobbyists uh, when they can uh, yeah. because you know it's, it's everybody plays differently yeah. uh, everybody does their own thing and uh, the fact that the communities like particularly like Twitter has been massive in terms of the community for me in terms of um, getting out there and being more sociable and doing more things um, yeah. and, and I think everybody kind of recognises that that is a thing and uh, you know it's an aspect of the hobby that they want to promote as well Yeah. because it's, it only tells them it's only good for them right you know yeah. look at this thing that we've created that brings people together um, you know um, and that, that's just looking at it from 
the cynical point of view. Not only is it their jobs, but also most of them are hugely enthusiastic nerds too. <laughs> you don't. Very rarely you go for a, a job at Games Workshop as like a, a, a games rules writer or or like anything hobby related and have no prior knowledge yeah. of the hobby. Like there are there are certain jobs you could probably say that for, like if you're in the telemarketing or whatever. But you know, certainly the people we all interact with on Twitter uh, yeah. and other social media are are massive hobbyists and fans too. Nope. I have been for a couple of interviews for Games Workshop jobs over the years and the one time that there's actually been an HR person they actually, they, they kind of talking, they, they understood everything about the hobby as well and it's like, uh, doesn't matter what position you are, you're going to be a hobbyist I think yeah. that's well, maybe just if they're a professional yeah. um it's their job to know about the company they work yeah. for if they're in HR and recruiting, and you know, uh, you know, it, it it does them a service to uh, to know what's going on and what their uh, yeah. potential employees are talking about. So just like, it doesn't even matter like if they're specifically a massive hobbyist, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to have more than a passing familiarity with uh, with, with the hobby. Yeah. Um, so, what is your rule set of choice? Ah, uh, my rule set of choice. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I am a massive fan of. Uh, uh, so, um, for tabletop games, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of wish we'd see a revision of the old Mordheim rules because Mordheim was cool. Yeah. Um, um, so. In that vein, I'm going to say a current living rule set that's out there and being used that I really like is I like Necromunda a lot. Mm-hmm. I want to play more of it. Yep. Um, Love Necromunda. Like it, it's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, going to be hopefully playing some while I'm uh, visiting bees uh, next week. I've got uh, an idea to run a bit of a Necromunda campaign for the uh, few of us that are going to be around, so that should sure. be cool. Um, however... If we're talking just a rule set for a game mm-hmm. that I enjoy, um, my favourite rule set of all time is the rules from Fantasy Flight Game for their, their Genesis RPG system, which is the mm-hmm. same rule set they trialled for the Star Wars RPGs that they did. Yes. Uh, and they're now using for Legend of the Five Rings. Yes, because I played um, Legend of the Five Rings. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it is a phenomenal tool set for a narrative uh, game where there is a distinct amount of crunch, mm-hmm. but enough wiggle room to allow the players and yourself as a DM to inject a lot of narrative yeah. into the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ran a game, for example, at the UK Games Expo this year. It was a two-hour session. It was the Friday night, the first night I was working the convention, uh, it was the 10 till midnight slot. Uh, the guys showed up with beer, uh, which was appreciated. Uh, which it was, was always appreciated. Uh, two uh, tabletop RPG writers that were, were uh, creating for themselves and, and publishing themselves. Uh, their, their product was called Aether Void. I've been following it. It looks pretty good. I'm kind of keen to playtest it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they showed up, uh, another bloke showed up, uh, but basically like a super friendly group, 
played a, a Star Wars one-shot where they played Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, and to set the scene, the game started with them walking down a road. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them looked at a watch. Uh, another one, like, put on his shades. And then a big explosion happened around in the background. <laughs> so clearly what happened is they just blown up some Imperial facility. And then, then we kind of... Uh, kind of backtracked and we, we, we talked around how how they went about doing this and how they escaped mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, basically how they escaped was they found a uh, uh, the, the planet was just some made up place called Sosar they found a Sosarian sand crab which mm-hmm. is just a crab that think the size of a London bus uh, <laughs> that had been shipped in for a local hut's entertainment and they uh they essentially rode it out of the spaceport that they'd just blown up, uh, that they were about to blow up. Um, and, and this was all stuff that was I hadn't planned that happened because they got the certain dice rolls that allowed them to add information to the scene yeah. or change the scene in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, no. Uh, one of these, they were like, alright, can there be something like giant beasts I can, we can ride out of here? I was like, yes there can. Uh, and so I, I went to a creature I'd used in Star Wars before because I just found the idea of a giant sand crab amusing. Yes. Uh, uh, Not the only one. Um, yeah, they, they rode that out there. Um, so it's a great game. For, yeah, it's just a fantastic game. Uh, they've also got their uh, their rules, uh, Shadow of the Beanstalk, which adds a bunch of stuff to the base Genesis system for mm-hmm. a, a more cyberpunky feel. Yeah. Uh, and they've got uh, Realm of Terranoff, which uh, takes it to a, a high fantasy kind of feel. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's setting agnostic, yeah. but you can add a lot of flavour to it. It's, it's a ton of fun. Well, that, as you probably know, we're writing our own RPG and writing our own system and everything, but that, that was the idea behind the system. While we have a setting that we've got specifically for it, it's built so it's a system that you can use for anything, so whether you want to play it in real world, horror ancient fucking sci-fi cyberpunk, no matter what you want to do, you can use it for anything, but yeah, I, I enjoy that kind of system where I feel yeah. that people try to shoehorn D&D into too much fucking shit that it just doesn't yeah, fit so with D&D fifth edition mm-hmm is a fantastic system. The playing D&D 5th edition. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if what you want is D&D, then D&D is fantastic. Yes. If what you want is something other than running around killing monsters and gaining XP for caving in their skulls, yes. then then play something else, right? Yes. Do not play D&D. This, 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 is, this is, again, one of the reasons that I wrote started writing these rules was fucking Muddler Hoban is all you do in d and I know they have a whole thing about you know if you're diplomatic with and you, you talk the enemy down from writing when, when the game assumes that the core way of gaining experience is that you cave something's heading oh. and then, then you gain progression oh. then uh that's what's going to happen. Then, then that's how you progress, right? Yeah. Like, how do you receive rewards? Well, we we kill stuff and then mm-hmm. we steal the stuff it had. Well, okay. yeah, 
that, that's again right so with our set of rules you can gain experience from defeating uh, enemy in combat but most of your experience will come from passing skill checks so unlocking a, a really hard to unlock lock that gains you experience talking to somebody and being diplomatic gets you experience there is a way of and one of the guys has written um, an adventure where there is absolutely no combat no combat whatsoever because it's all about testing how you pass and roleplay um, like puzzles and um, what do you call them challenges, challenges. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I get you. I oh get that kind of thing specific because we wanted that but one of the other guys is there's very minimum combat in his because you're at sea and you don't want to fight the the sailors because they're all minotaurs and, uh, and even you will be able to play Minotaurs eventually as a player character um, but they start cool. at like the, the base um, characters start at danger rating 1 you might start at danger rating 2 if you get really 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 good um, characteristics across the board at the beginning but Minotaurs start at danger rating 3 at the bottom know. at the bottom um, wrong <laughs> of Minotaurs the danger entry yeah they're not to be fucked with by yeah no and that, that's how it should be like I've always been a fan of playing the weird thing yeah. uh, like uh, my last RPG character was a, a bog standard well it was a psychic human with the it was a stars without number game should put that into perspective a psychic human with the ability to teleport mm-hmm. and I was like how best to employ teleportation Let's give him a giant flail <laughs> and just start spinning it up and then teleport into the middle of people. Uh, <laughs> so, on the subject of murder homering, I played a lot of serious characters recently right. and was in another game where I had a very serious, kind of dramatic character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to blow off steam. Mm-hmm. So I created the murder homo uh, <laughs> of the group. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, but he was he was a caustican uh, as the planet we named for him uh, because of it. It was so caustic that exposure to the atmosphere would start melting your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a a macerator for a mouth, like a like a prosthetic mouth that was just like a giant macerator mm-hmm. and like weird cybernetics. It, it was it was hilariously good fun. Um, so yeah. Um, I like playing the weird thing. Mm. I remember in one session he got into a fist fight, and uh, it was it was like a, a wrestling match. And mm-hmm. the part of the it was like I it was uh, this other guy's traditional native form of wrestling from his planet. Mm-hmm. Where he had to like grease up so the hold was slippery. <laughs> um, so my my instant reaction to that was how can I get around the slipperiness mm-hmm. uh, and I thought how would my character do that yeah. well it's pretty brutal and violent uh, so what he did is he punched the guy in the face uh, so that his, he, he opened his mouth a bit 
and then wedged his hands in the guy's mouth, one on his upper jaw and one on his lower jaw, and literally just tore so hard that he tore his jaw from him. <laughs> and then declared himself the winner. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that'll do it, that'll do it. But um, I, I figured it was the, the only good place you could get a good grip, right? The wet of the guy's mouth was not going to be nearly as bad as the slipperiness of the oily body. No. Uh, plus, teeth are a great thing to get purchase on. Mm. So, so yeah. <laughs> that was that was that was my lost character. Yeah. Uh, who was horribly deformed and weird. Uh, I could teleport. Uh, Sadly, never got to the point where I wanted to do, which was uh, there's a trick you can do where you can teleport in, mm-hmm. perform an action, and then immediately teleport out as, as one action. Yeah. Um, so most people would use this to perform an attack. Mm-hmm. Well, dropping an item is an action. <laughs> Go in, drop grenade, teleport back. Yep. Wave. Boom. <laughs> also, you, you can change orientation. Mm-hmm. So obviously. You teleport so that you were facing away because mm-hmm. cool guys don't look at explosions it was yeah I just wanted to play the big dumb beat stick because um, mm-hmm. it had been a while since I'd done that and sometimes that kind of character is fun yeah well as I normally play barbarians and the big dumb meat stick no not even the big dumb meat stick just big meat stick um, yeah I know how see what I've done for years is just I want to play that guy just because it's fun. It's never, it's never. I'd never take anything too seriously, and when I don't, when people take it too seriously, it's like, right, what am I gonna do to take the seriousness out of the game? Uh, oh, I so know. I I totally get what you're saying because I created this character because I was in another game with the same group. Uh, on a different day mm-hmm. and uh, the character I was playing in like I was one of the few uh, when we started playing that that had a decent grasp of the system because mm-hmm. we were playing Mutants and Masterminds right. which anyone's ever played Mutants and Masterminds oh that's a system oh <laughs> yes I've, I've read the rules and thought about it but then went do you know what fuck this yeah uh, it's, it's yeah uh, but I was one of the one of the two people in the group that had a more than a basic understanding yeah. uh, and was able to create a, a character that was competent mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which in, in the type of game we're playing it's not too bad because we're like it, it's not all action it's a lot of kind of other stuff but um, at the same time uh, yeah no uh, so I, I played the serious uh, Batman character for a bit mm-hmm. and then from there transitioned into uh, he went away for a bit uh, and then transitioned into a uh, super genius who had the power had power over life and death uh, Ooh. which was basically me going I'm going to make something really broken because yeah. uh, I'm at that level where I can make something that's quite broken yeah. uh, uh, and then uh, from there transitioned into an AI um, because well once you've had the power of life and death let's play a machine right yep. uh, so the machine guy uh, had the ability to 
morph and change short form because he was just a collection of sentient nanites. Um, so uh, he wants hid from someone by forming a millimeter thick layer of of identical coating to the inside of a lift. Um, uh, and so hid inside the lift because he was the lift. Um, <laughs> which I, I thought was uh, uh, hilarious. Um, and then uh, from there uh, I realised that I kind of very quickly wrote myself into a corner with mm-hmm. the uh, the idea that he wanted to, to start AI uprising and be the machine revolution uh, and that actually his goals were very different from the parties who wanted to get along and have fun whereas I mean essentially so he's now a bad guy uh, and uh, uh, and I transitioned to uh, vampire the the masquerade, uh, edgy vampire, blood dude, who is, is the... kind of good, kind of terrible. Is that the uh, new vampire masquerade? Or is it the old one? Uh, pardon? The vampire the masquerade, is it the new one or the old one? Or? Well, so we're using Mutants of Masterminds 5th edition. Oh, 4th. Uh, 3rd edition, sorry. So I, we, I created a... Uh, a version of a, a character from Mus- uh, from Vampire in oh, right, okay. Mus- Mastermind. Right, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, although, actually, uh, my first introduction to RPGs was uh, Vampire the Masquerade. You know, it's it's increasingly people uh, are talked to more and more that is their first interaction with RPGs, rather than D&D, which everyone assumes. And your first is like, no. Uh, so I was at college, and uh, and yeah, I had some edgy goth friends, yes. and so, As we and all so it was it was vampire. Yeah. Uh, and then, then again, my first dip into any kind of laugh experience was was Vampire the Requiem. Yeah. Uh, uh, mostly because uh, hot goth girls. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was young and stupid, uh, but hot goth girls, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, I can understand. I can understand. Um, no, um, I've actually never done any LARPing. Do you know that? For all the I, RPG I've done over the years, never done any LARPing. Uh, I I would like to to go back to a uh, to something that isn't uh, well. I, I wouldn't mind giving Vampire another shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing something that was a bit more fantasy based. So that could be cool. Yeah. So. Um, one of my mates, he does a vampire LARPing. He's part of, he basically runs a vampire LARPing group and has for years up in, is it Edinburgh or Falkirk? Is it, um, uh, Isle of Darkness? It might be. Because, yeah, IOD was the, so I, IOD is a great group. They have, um, basically... Uh, people run events in yeah. irregular groups all over the country, mm-hmm. and then they have big get-togethers, which is it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I hear the Edinburgh group actually, uh, at least when I was involved, which was a while ago, was one of the better groups to be part of. Uh, but yeah, I can't I can't remember. It's, it's in Facebook. It pops up every now and again, and since I don't really go on Facebook that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart no, from no, for the Facebook like the plate. Um, it's the, terrible. The only reason I have it is for the RPG still. Well, that uh, and it, it, it connects me to people that I don't see very often as well. Yeah, that's but the same thing. Like, it's family and that's it. For, apart from that, it's like, no, don't. 
still do paint all the minis occasionally. Um, still look on that because that's a decent community. Um, the looks APS one as well occasionally, but for the most part, I just avoid it like the plague. Because fuck me, man. Some of those people are like the plague. Um, especially in wargaming community, do you know what? An RPG community. The, the Facebook community for wargaming, yeah. uh, for, for GW in particular, is pretty toxic, yeah. um, in my experience. Uh, which is why Twitter is, like, the place to be. Yeah. Uh, hashtag warmongers, guys. It's, uh, if you're into wargaming, it's, it's one of the nicest, kindest, uh, communities ever. Yeah. Um, as I said, like, um, earlier, um, Scarlet and a bunch of other people had a whip round when I got to a thousand followers and they bought me an Angron um, and then when Scarlet got to a thousand we did something similar mm -hmm. uh, Bees just hit two thousand we, uh, we organised something similar for her and there's always like <laughs> there's a nice little community where everyone's like yeah alright I'm quite willing to do something nice for someone else I'll chip in a fiver or a tenner and we'll get them mm -hmm. a nice gift to celebrate something cool because they achievement right um, and then uh, uh, there's other aspects to it as well whereas people are always willing to uh, Pandora's Bizbox massive shout out to that man is mm. always willing to take five minutes to talk to you yeah. uh, and, and like you won't have heard from him for like a week and they're just like hey just checking in how are you doing lately haven't heard from you always guaranteed without fail top quality bloke yeah there is quite a, quite a lot of top quality people. I mean, I, I'm I'm in and out, obviously, because I have so many fucking things to do, um, and I'm in so many communities and stuff that it's like, right, okay, I have neglected this for a little bit. I need to go back and talk to people, and then I neglect another one and neglect another. But obviously, because of the RPG being in like the last month before we do the first playtest, everything is. Yeah fucking about it at the moment um, I do get to see everyone's posts and, and I, I do occasionally like them and put the obligatory noise in the obligatory noise yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've received more than one noise in my time yeah um, do you know what it's the first um, word that comes up on the keyboard when it comes up <laughs> that's how often I use that fucking word it's, it's the first one on my keyboard um, on my phone yeah um, yeah it's just there's so much to, to try and keep up with I mean I've got let's look at it how many falls have I got and how many falls have I got do, 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 just on my own um, Twitter I've got 1400 followers and I follow 2400 other people which most of them are well a thousand of them are people that uh, there's literally a thousand and one of a difference between my followers and followers um, so you know trying to keep up with that and then trying to keep up with the official Twitter as well which there's about half half followers and half there's just so much man but I try my best. Yeah. And that's. I, I do enjoy dipping in and out of the 
warmongers community because, as you say, everyone's really nice and you don't last very long if you're not very nice. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Like, if, if people are a dickhead, then we get rid of the dickheads or we, mm-hmm. we re-educate them and turn them into nice people and we're like, no, that's not how we do things around. But to be honest, I don't ever see anyone like no. that because I think what happens is people pick up on the, oh, oh, you don't do that around here? Yeah. Cool. Yup, it's it's um, you will have the piss taken at you mercilessly by everyone if you yeah, start being a dick. Yeah, unless you're office, in which case you're the one doing the piss taking. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, it, for the most part, we just ignore office because he's office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that office is the one exception to the rule because we all know that he's not really a salty bastard. He's just a nice bloke. Yeah. He just tries to pretend he's a salty bastard because yeah, he's. Yeah. Because he can't be a salty bastard in real life because his missus it's, would probably kill him. Yeah, it, it's all a lack to hide the fact that he's actually a nice bloke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Oh, you're kidding me. Um, have you seen this? <clears throat> Bang Bros wants to, has put a 10 million bid in to name the Miami Heat Arena the Bang Bros Centre. Or the BBC. Uh, I love it. That's, I love it. That's just... And that's an Pop actual fucking... Right that's an actual... That's actual... Not parody. That's what they want to do. Jesus fucking Christ, man. That's, that's top-level memory right there. Yep. yep. <laughs> Ooh, Dan. Dan Mellor's brought his half one roster for tomorrow. Three men, two tree men, two hefties, two catchers, two... F- and... And uh, nine flings. Oh well. That 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 Dan hasn't been having a lot of luck with his blood bowl of recent, has he? But I can. Uh, no. But I mean, it's fine. Just throw the flings and hope they hit something, like uh, the end zone. Yes, <laughs> like the end zone. Not people. End zone. Doesn't happen very often, but I mean. Um, yeah. Like that's that's the dream with any any stunning team with throws, right? Like you were uh, throw, 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 hit the end zone. Yeah. You, you get a, you get someone the ball, and then you uh, you pass off to a player that's next to uh you pass off to a player that's next to uh tree man, tree man, and then you uh you throw the guy and you cross your fingers. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if you could play a rule set from past, what would you like to try? A rule set from the past? Yep. Not one you've uh, not played. Not one I've already played. Yep. Okay. Uh, Gorkamorka. That yeah. is. Because um, I think I'd have a shit ton of fun uh, converting all the vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be a great hobby project and. Uh, a generally pretty mental funnel set. Well, you can I think still download the Gokamoka rules from the place where we did Necromunda. What is the name of the fucking website? Yak Tribe? Yak Tribe, yeah, you can still download those rules. Um, yeah, it might be, like, that might be totally uh, worth a look. I don't know. Uh, I just I just think it'd be mostly fun to uh, yeah. invert stuff, like as a hobby project. Well, there's a couple of guys at one of the clubs I'm a member of that played Gorkamorka back in the day, and they've still got all the stuff, and they're like, 
oh we should try this and I'm like it's orcs I don't do orcs uh, so so here's the thing I would like to do it as well because uh, my lovely pristine white knights mm-hmm. uh, and, and space marines uh, they're nice and clean um, and yeah. uh, I have world ears to do now uh, and yeah. I don't feel they should be as, as clean no and uh, I, I think Orcs is a great place to practice basic weathering techniques. Well, that's that's the thing. I used to have completely clean armies, but I went and changed that. How long ago was that? About five, six, seven years ago, I think. Um, and I was like, right, not weather it. Fucking blood everywhere, mud everywhere. Fuck it, can't be asked. With this I, clean shit. I, so I, I like how clean mm. um, the knights are. Mm-hmm. Um, the I just I, I like the the clean look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's <laughs> um, I just I just like it because yeah. you can see all the work, right? Yeah. You can see all the edge highlighting. Yeah. All the time spent like recess shading everything. <laughs> um, like that's I, I like that, uh, yeah. and I'm. A narcissist, uh, and like looking at my own work and being, hey, that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, there there is stuff that I think, right, okay, that shouldn't be that dirty because it won't get that dirty because there's not dirt that could get that fucking high, like the knights, like the big, big, massive ones. And oh yeah, if I was Titans to weather the knights, uh, it would be a lot of extra grease and stuff, a few yeah. scratches and things. Rather than um, actual dirt, Um, in terms of dirt, it would only be up like the first third of the legs. Yeah, having so yeah, I'd be very as well. That's that's something I need to start doing as well on my stuff because I started, I did it on a couple of my guys, like the wee. So you paint the scratches on rather than make the scratches, which actually, when it's done right. It looks really good, but see when it's done badly, it just looks shite. It looks, yeah, yeah. You're like, hmm, that looks good. That one looks shite. So that's getting painted over. Um, yeah, Gokum yeah. It's just a case of like time and energy and patience. Yeah. And, and for me specifically, it'd be a case of just learning how to yeah. do it. Well, that, that's what I think YouTube is awesome for. Is learning. Yeah, um, I like. It's not like there isn't enough resources. So this is the other thing. This is why uh, a big thing. Why I think I am having a hundred times more fun now in the hobby than yeah. I did when I was eleven when I first started, or actually, ironically, uh, twenty-two when I, uh, I I tried to get back into it at mm-hmm. that point as well. Um, is because there are a load more resources yeah. for someone like me who's starting out. Uh, who wants to just put a not shit looking army on the table <laughs> right like that's that's my goal is to put models on a table that look okay yeah and then play a game and have fun yeah um I don't want to do bare plastic mm-hmm. I hate putting down bare plastic I hate putting down stuff that's just undercoated mm-hmm. uh uh, I don't mind putting stuff down if it's clearly work in progress, mm-hmm. because you know I'm, I'm working on that. It's like a a case of doing that, and I actually find playing games 
is great motivation for doing yeah. more painting. Um, uh, just because, oh, that was really cool, but it would have been better if it was painted. Or, uh, oh, I'd really like to add this unit, but I need to actually start on it and, yeah. and get it get it going. Mm-hmm. And generally, once once I start on a project, I, I see it through to completion. Yeah. I, mean, I have a few half-finished projects kicking out, but they're, they're mostly stuff I don't use um, or have no want to. Yeah. Like, I have the, the Gravis Captain. I have two other uh, Primaris Captains kicking around um, for my my project, right? Because uh, I, a little side project I have is there are the Captain and Phobos Armor, the one with the Power Fist that was the limited edition for store birthday last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the one with the and there's the other one that's got the the bolt rifle variant. Yeah. Um, so I've got two of him because you've got one in each of those uh, Balfour's boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have one with a uh, an auto bolt rifle and power sword, one with a stalker and power sword. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got uh, the the fist guy, mm-hmm. um, and the gravis captain guy, and the phobos guy, uh, and they all have the same head uh, because it's the same guy it's just different weapon loadouts for the same character right yeah. like it's all that one captain right <laughs> so I, I have painted five identical heads yep. uh, as you do because yep. uh, that's uh, uh, so yeah I, I'd like to get through and finish that so I can have all all five versions of him like on the table at the same time this isn't this one guy. This is five different fucking captains, honestly. Yeah, well, it's, it's the one great for Alpha Legion. Uh, mm. uh, but no, it's it's the, all the one guy. But like, I'd like to get them down onto a table and take a, a group shot of of him in his different uh, apparel uh, all together. Uh, I think that would be just a cool picture. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I I try to get. When, I, when I'm playing a game to push myself to go paint some figures for it but like recently again because of the rules but also just purely because I can't be asked setting it up and then taking it back down is actually getting the motivation to paint right now drive is I want to paint but at the same time I can't be bothered the times it's just like no no yeah, but I, I have days um, so like the the times I paint the most are, like I was saying, for an event. Mm-hmm. So it was a case of I had one night, and I thought maybe I'll get another one, and I did it and stuff. And what what kicked me around into being like, oh crap, let's paint all the nights mm-hmm. was was organising going on Warhammer TV, and mm-hmm. it was like, oh right, now I have two months to paint two nights and three armigas. Mm-hmm. That that uh, that that pushes yeah. you. So that was a case of right. I need to get organised and get on with it because yeah. I I'd made a commitment. Um, and then, like that's the other thing. That's another great thing about um, the community is there's plenty of community events that are going yeah. on. But also locally, um, our, our local games workshop is really good for store run events. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like in terms of getting motivation to get stuff done, it's a case of. Well, there's a Warcry campaign taking part, mm-hmm. uh, taking place soon. I need to paint three crit players for my Clash of Courts that feature in the list I want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've got to do that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's a case of which won't be right, blowing me. Uh, I, I, I've got like 
weeks to do it in. Uh, but like that's fine. I can paint three of those in a week. Yeah. Pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, absolutely certain of that fact. That, but uh, right now I need two lights, so yeah. it's a case of like deadlines based on events. Uh, I think are really helpful in terms of pushing progress. Yeah. Like just deadlines in general. Like if it's a movable deadline that you set yourself, then that's pointless. Yeah. Um, because you'll just keep putting it off. But hard deadlines where you commit to something and you have you have to participate, um, or, or that you've made an agreement to participate. Yeah. Um, I think another way forward for genuine hobby progress. Yeah. Uh, for like little projects and stuff like. Necromunda or one-off figures then yeah like whatever and I want to do lots of those coming up just as a break from big projects but yeah well yeah. that's that's why I I kept on moving the, the deadline for Legends and then I was just like no this we have to set hard deadline can't put it any further because I was putting things off and off and off and I'm like no need to do it need to set this up and make sure that it's done for this time so I now have 30 days to finish it. So yeah, you got this. I've got it. I mean, the the thing is, all the... all. I mean, I did talk about the fact that we've changed the rules about half a dozen times in the last couple of weeks, but, um, like, now it's all the, like, the little bits, like talents and spells and all the rest of that kind of stuff, but for the most part it's written, but it's that little nitty gritty bit gets it sometimes just gets to you that you're like no I can't fuck with this which is why ooh, I started doing the, the art as well so I had something to go back to but it was related to the rules so yeah it's just trying try to do all this stuff and um, game at the same time is fun um, but yeah I mean, I, th- I think it is quite important that you, you do set yourself some hard lines that you just go, right, got to be done. Because yeah. otherwise you get to the fucking size of my collection and roughly half of it's painted. And, and I'm seeing roughly. Because um, some of it's like the base coats are on it. And that's it. And then what makes it even worse is I look at it and go I'm not happy with that <coughs> chuck it in some stripper and you're like fuck I actually just did that didn't I uh, yeah so for me like half of my stuff is uh, if it's not built or in the process of being painted mm-hmm. it's it's a weight right like mm-hmm. it's places I can't see it unless mm-hmm. I want to torment myself so the stuff I've got that is tormenting me right now are the, the aforementioned free crypt players um, <laughs> and the the battle system model that mm-hmm. I need to paint so they're the only unpainted partially assembled stuff that's on my desk yep as uh-huh. a way of like I need to get that off my desk I uh, need to get it tidied away and I can only do that once I've finished it all of the conquest stuff is because the plan was to paint the Space Marine Army what's the name, the Storm Wardens so yeah. the Scottish yeah yeah yeah, the, the guys that came out in the um, uh, uh, Death Watch RPG yes yeah um, no, they, they are a really cool interesting chapter with lots of yeah. cool background I yeah, no, 100% approve 
um, and what was going to happen was that was going to get raffled off for for funds for the YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I was going to raffle off little bits and pieces, but nobody ever wanted to um, get involved in the raffle. So I was like, you know what, fuck it. Um, I will probably still paint them, and I will build them, and will probably still raffle them off or sell them as the storm wardens. But that is that, and all the death guard stuff is in storage. It's in the actual storage container where all our shit is because it's like right. Any time a delivery comes in, it's like no, nope. it gets chucked in a cupboard so it can go to storage because it's like if I sit and look at that, it will drive me absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Um. So I open it up to make sure everything's there, and then take the paints out. Yep. And then everything else just gets chucked yep. back in. It's, yeah. It's, it's going to head to the when the next one comes in. It's all going to storage because it's been like three or four deliveries since. I actually took it to storage. Um, so, yes. Yeah. I'm like, I, I can't look at it. It's like my Space Wolves. They're, they're, I mean, I have, as I said, I've got about 8,000 points worth of Space Wolves, and only about half of them are painted, and probably another 1,000 points to build. And then there's my Primaris, which was originally going to be a successor chapter. Primaris, but then I decided nah, I don't like that paint scheme chucked it in the stripper and it's going to keep painting the space wheels and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me, man? I, so I have a cool um, idea I kind of wish I didn't sell on the paint scheme I had mm-hmm. um, not least of all because everyone takes the piss out of me for any painting white yeah, blue yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, there's a, a really cool of, uh, that I only found out afterwards, a really cool piece of lore uh, about like uh, Norse myth folklore of the uh, the Valraven, which is a like a raven spirit that is mm-hmm. uh, also a shapeshifter mm-hmm. and can assume people's identities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it would be really cool to do a um, also like ravens and stuff are like big in Norse mythology, yeah. so I think it would be like a really cool opportunity to do a space horse successor but use raven guard rules yeah Um, uh, and also like um, they gain uh, they can assume people's identity and uh, and and gain their thoughts and memories Mm -hmm. uh, via drinking the blood of of people they've killed (laughs) or dead people um, which you know since space marines already have the ability to do that Mm -hmm. like eat people's flesh and gain their knowledge Mm -hmm. I just thought that was really cool, yeah. and uh, yeah. So I just, I, so if I could do it again, there's there's like a, a grey, uh, like a black grey red scheme in there that I'd like to try. Um, a little bit darker than Heresy Era Wolves scheme. Yeah, see that that was also the idea was, um, was to strip the Heresy figures and strip the 40k figures from a Space Wolf army. Get their brush out, fucking airbrush the undercoat, base coat, and I don't know whether or not I can do the the wash, and then just paint it all with an airbrush. Yeah, you can yeah airbrush I think you can. Yeah, um, and then especially if it's all overwash as well. Yeah, like it makes it one hundred percent easier just to 
whack it on with airbrush. The only thing I'd say is be wary if you're using contrast paints because no. it doesn't airbrush that well. No, don't use the contrast paints. I, I mean, I don't have anything against the contrast paints. It's just I haven't used them yet. And yeah, for no, no, me, like, again, it, they're a tool. Yeah. I don't think they're necessarily the tool for me. No. Um, because I already have a fucking airbrush. Uh, if I want to paint quickly, that's what I use. Um, yeah. So yeah, I dare brush that, and then it would be like a mix, like a a mix of the um, Hennessy either and the um, current either. Well, not even the current either one because it'd be the what you call it? the old Space Wolf Grey that you yeah, can yeah. get from Coat Dams. Uh, so it'd be like half half and half so it'd be like they're transitioning to yeah. to that so like then, you're talking probably post heresy uh, around the time of the scouring when yeah. they started to change the colour scheme uh, as they were driving the, the last traitors back to the Eye of Terror yeah mm-hmm. that'd be cool yeah so it'd be like half the army is this and then half the army is this so you'd have like the heresy figures that some of them were in the new colours and then some of them were in the old colours and then you'd have the newer ones that some of them were in the old colours and some of them were in the new colours so it'd be like just trying to figure out what to and then like it's just I have these ideas and then I start and then I go oh I don't have time to do this because I've got this other thing I can do it always happens at about the same time as I've got no commissions and then a commission comes in and I'm like fuck I have to leave this alone now, now I have work yeah Something that pays, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but also my dwarfs, see my all my old Warhammer dwarfs, because I keep on thinking about doing Kings of War. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, get them down for the loft, and see what shitty paint jobs on them from when I did them, and then because half of them I got painted by somebody else, but I actually got the box of dwarfs. Some of them that are literally almost as old as I am um, I think there's like two or three months in between them getting released and me being born um, when, it was, <laughs> when it was Asgard miniatures rather than Citadel I yeah. think um, so yeah there's a few of them kicking about in that box um, but like half that but what I would have to do is actually strip that whole army because the paint job's really nice but it's, it's got like um, gloss varnish all over it and it's like yeah. gloss varnish over everyone's skin and clothes and stuff oh. and it's beautifully painted but it just annoys me no, could like, you not um, I could probably just put a um, yeah could you not just put a matte coat over it for yeah, the airbrush probably. like just run some matte varnish through the airbrush probably. and matte everything down yeah yeah actually no that's a good idea just as well like, if you're going to strip it anyway like mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? You're not gonna lose anything by giving it a go, and yeah. then if it doesn't work, you just strip it anyway. Problem yeah. solved. Yeah, but it, the great thing about that army is every dwarf is an individual. There's very few of them that are repeated. There's like dwarf warriors that are repeated, and then there's stuff that I bought that's repeated, but it's not a huge amount. So yeah, it's really nice individual pick figures that you can paint and do what you want with them and then chuck them on a um, a base for Kings of War so 
that I have so many projects that I really, really want to do, but then I remind myself that I've got a fucking game that I need to write and release. Yeah, and yeah. <coughs> what you've got is a problem that a lot of people have, mm. which is too many ideas and mm-hmm. not enough time. Yeah. It's a common problem. Mm-hmm. Especially in this hobby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just... I think about it all the time, I think. Even when I shouldn't be thinking about it, I think about it, and it's like, mm, I want to do this, but I can't do this, I don't have time. Um, yeah. Which is, I mean, with the YouTube and the podcast and the stream, it's like, I need to cut some stuff out for a wee bit, so. Yeah. I started streaming, like, three times a week. And I got to the point where I was like, nope, I need to cut that out. Um, and then the YouTube channel just, it, it, it's kind of been neglected for a wee while, so I need to, at some point I need to sort that out. But That'll be after. Just too many projects, the play not enough time. Starts. It'll be after the playtest starts when I've actually got some time to yeah. not be writing know, stuff constantly. I know those feelings. Um, yeah. Like, but fortunately for me, my as I said my other half is gone mm-hmm. this week, so uh, I'm actually going to be doing some streaming myself this week yeah. just because I can. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm on my own, I've got nothing bad to do. I might as well just play some video games. <laughs> and uh, like, I, I see you know my plan, plan is to play Euro Truck Simulator and have a bottle of drink and and get drunk and drive trucks and <laughs> see how well how it works out. <laughs> Like, what could possibly go wrong? Mhm, mhm. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I played a little bits of Warcraft for the last couple of weeks to to keep oh, myself. No, no, not or? classic. No, because I, I I played World of Warcraft from pretty much the beginning. Um, oh yeah, I, it, I I had a go at classic. It, it took me. Five minutes to remember why I, I why why I was glad about all the quality of life updates because mm-hmm. the game needed them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just I, I mean don't get me wrong I jumped off when Mister Pandera came in because I thought Kung Fu Pandas. Nope. Um, uh, oh, I see. Uh, I, I I think Pandera was not a terrible expansion. I preferred it to Cataclysm. I think uh, most people yeah. did, to be honest, but it, it felt for me that they were just jumping the shark, and I thought to myself, I spend so much money on this game every year that, you know what, fuck it, I can't be asked anymore. And I literally hadn't been back until I was watching my mate Boys Unique playing, and I thought to myself, I'm going to have to have a shot of this, and then the announcement for Classic came out, and I was like, that means that the servers are going to be less busy for a wee, wee bit so I'm going to have a shot while that's happening so yeah, I've been doing that I've basically been mining and crafting and selling shit because yeah. I, <laughs> I found out that it went to a million gold and I'm like, what? A million gold? fuck me yeah, so I'd love to get to a situation with WoW where, because um, you, you can buy game time yeah. just in game now uh, yeah. via like Gold. auction houses and stuff, mm-hmm. 
which which is cool. Okay. I like this. It's something that Eve did that I really enjoyed. Yes. Uh, that you can fund your game time mm-hmm. by playing the game. Mm-hmm. And like that is a cool concept to me. Like I want to play the more of the game, so I will play the game. Um, good, great, grand, fantastic. Yeah. Um, however, like, how do you even start making that much bloody money to? Because yeah. people, yeah, it's extortionate. Um, so kind of, kind of not worth it in the end. But uh, it's interesting. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I would mind going back and giving Wow a bash yeah. uh, in its current iteration. I went back. And played a fair bit of Legion when that launched. That was fun. Um, I I'm tempted to uh, to give Classic a bit more time mm-hmm. um, because uh, especially like just, I'd, I'd like to get a character to max level for one reason and one reason only. I'd like to get a Dwarf Priest. Yeah. Uh, which was my my first WoW character uh, up to max level. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the sole intent of hanging around Molten Core uh, and as people were coming down uh, to uh, from Blackrock Depths to Molten Core uh, mind controlling them and forcing them to run into the lava <laughs> which let's be fair as a, a max level priest in a raiding guild uh, where you were waiting for 40 man raids and spending a lot of time sitting around doing nothing uh, you did a lot of that kind of shit. Yeah. You also did things like turning off your monitor and just trying to spam heal through it because, you know, it didn't really matter because there were that many of you. Um, <laughs> Ooh, that's interesting. For um, Total War, the computer game, apparently yep. they're going to have Gotrick in it and Brian Bliss is going to voice him. Sweet. That should be well, awesome. Well, I mean, like, that doesn't surprise me. Um, Sega can definitely afford to pay Brian Blessed to, to do some voice acting. Yeah. Well, GW can afford to voice and have him do some voice acting, so I'm pretty sure fucking Sega can do. Uh, yeah. Because he's, I... uh, he's done um, Gotrick for years, has he not? Uh, the... he... No, the first time he voiced him was. Uh... So this is the thing. Uh, I was watching the like, GW. Uh, the Warhammer TV thing the other day mm-hmm. and they were talking about Gotrek uh, and uh, they said none of us knew Gotrek that Brian Blessed was Gotrek but when when you thought about it you knew that there was no other option no. it's like it's kind of true yep. like it's it just feels like such a natural fit that we assumed that it's always been the case yeah. uh, but he didn't voice him until uh, until the last novel came out Rumslayer Like um, Peter Dinklage playing Tyrion Lannister, it's just like, yeah, of course it's got to be fucking Peter yeah, Dinklage because like, it 
Peter Dinklage is fucking Tyrion Lannister. It's like, even George Martin was like, has to be. You have to get him. That, yeah. that was his one choice of actor for any of the characters. It was like Peter Dinklage, Tyrion. But everyone should know because fucking obvious. Even though he's yeah. American rather than English. I mean. He does a pretty good accent, though. Oh, he does a very good accent. Though. To be fair, like, sometimes you get these actors and their, their, their accent is bad. But, uh... Like everyone that tries to do Scottish. <clears throat> Apart uh, from Chris Pine and somebody else. Somebody else the other day. Right? Did the Scottish accent that I seen, and it was actually passable. But that's my one biggest complaint in life. Uh, is not not bad accent is that uh, I I'm half Scottish I uh, spent a lot of my my youth uh, uh, in in and around Edinburgh mm-hmm. and I grew up it's not uh, really like though. like first school I went to was was uh, in Gorebridge just outside of Edinburgh mm. um, you know uh, and then as I grew up I uh, I lost the accent mm. uh, I I wish I still had the accent. It's because you, you lived in Edinburgh, though. It's not really Scotland. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really Scotland. Alright. <laughs> Fair. If, it, it's city Edinburgh. It's pretend Scotland, that area. It's pretend Scotland. <laughs> it, it's Scotland for tourists. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. I used to live down Leith. Uh, no, see, this different, because Leith is... Not technically settled. Technically, yes, City Edinburgh, but not at the same time. I mean, it has different opening hours, that's what counts. Yep. <laughs> to, oh. to explain that to everybody else, Leith is uh, an adjacent town to the city of Edinburgh, mm-hmm. but the opening hours are for, for the serving of alcohol vary. Uh, so there is literally a, a, I can't remember the name of the bar, uh, but it's on, on Leith Walk, uh, about halfway halfway down where the, the barriers and the, the line is and literally half of the bar will shut half an hour before the other other side mm-hmm. because the serving times are different because it's right on the line and it's like <laughs> it's such a fucking gimmick but um, it's it's half great... it's in the city of Edinburgh half it's in the town of Leith yeah yup uh but yeah uh yeah. so uh I actually used to my regular I used to drink in the Port of Leaf mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, infamous for two reasons one uh, it's where uh, Trainspotting was roped mm-hmm. uh, as well as several other novels uh, and yes. uh, more importantly uh, the Port of Leaf uh, is also affectionately referred to as Port Sunshine <laughs> and is in fact <laughs> the the Feature Sunshine on Leaf from the Proclaimers song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, that's enough weird Leaf facts. Next question, Dave. Um, I actually ran out of questions, as you know, and kept on talking. Oh, um, <laughs> we just kept on. I had questions, but. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not complaining. I'm just. Um, it's just because the questions get answered in during because that's what happens man you you, you you talk and you answer questions that 
that person had all the time. It happens every time. Um, when you when you talk to somebody, they always answer some of your questions before you even get to ask them, and you're like, mm, I've ran out of questions. Let's just talk shit. Um, but oh, no. I'm good at that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I do come from Scotland for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> That must be where I get it from. Uh, it must be. We're good at talking waffle. Uh, I mean, if if you've seen the the um, the tatty scones, that the 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 insult that I've had to explain yeah. multiple times in the past three or four weeks, it's like right. This is it's, what a tatty scone is. This is it's what. It's funny because I get it. Yeah. Like I find it hilarious. Like it's like oh. Uh, which is weird because it's like, oh, I, I I feel this is almost a little bit of cultural appropriation because because mm. I get the reference mm-hmm. and it's like, but if I was to tell people that I'm half Scottish, they'd be like, nah, not with that accent. Mm. No, I mean the the thing is, it's it's, it's, it's your family history in it. It's not. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I mean you know what the fucking Celtic fans are like. Nah, I'm a Celtic fan. And well, go on about how uh, how much Irish is in them. It's like no. Shut oh, up. It's so <laughs> fun fun Scottish fact. I was mm. working on the train from Edinburgh to Glasgow. I was mm-hmm. working for at the time National Express East Coast, which used to be Guinea on. And uh, Rangers had just lost to to Hearts, <laughs> which we always love. Yep, yep, yep. As a guy guy in a Celtic shirt. Uh, and uh, we're 15 minutes out of Glasgow mm-hmm. so I'm packing up ready to cash my float in and stuff and, and tidy away mm-hmm. and he's pissed <laughs> drunk and uh, wants another drink and I refuse to serve him because yeah. uh, well he's had enough and yep. I'm trying to shut up right yep. like you know uh, I'm working this train and I'm the only member of staff on the catering team on it like mm-hmm. it was a one person job like yep. uh, so uh, you know that's that's that nice and easy uh, guy takes offence uh, takes three paces back and throws an empty tin of Stella at my head mm. joyously fun bloke behind gets me square in the head by the way like it was a good throw yeah <laughs> give the man his due uh, bloke behind him claps a hand on his shoulders plain clothes transport officer transport Yep, that's why you're not an arsehole on the train, because you're going uh, to get caught. Whose first said the response was, I'm sorry, mate, I didn't stop him, because I wanted to nick him. Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> which, which is like, that's fair. You, you didn't stop him, so because you wanted him to do something you could actually really nick him for. Fair yeah. play. Like, you know. Yup. That but sounds yeah. like every pause I know. It's not, I didn't uh, do it, I didn't stop it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah. I know many because my dad was one. My Which, dad is uh, a retired one, so I know many police. And that would be pretty much the same reaction from every single one of them. Wait until he does something I can really nick him for. See, uh, see for me, yeah. uh, living in Leith, I actually used to live at the bottom of Easter Road. Yeah. So, uh,. Yeah. yeah. I was was up to the old uh, Yeah. The, 
less said about that, the better. <laughs> Fucking. Nibs aren't doing too well. Nah. Edinburgh. You know the the thing where the Celtic fans call Hearts Edinburgh Rangers and Rangers fans call Hibs Edinburgh Celtic. It's like they don't like each other, but they don't like us just as much. (laughs) Yeah, too true. In fact, Hearts hate us more than we hate Rangers. So, yeah. We've been going for two hours. We have, have we? <laughs> mm, we have. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna no, say let's let's call this done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice and done. Um, it's, I mean, it has been good talking to you, man. It's been. Yeah, yeah. It has flowed. It's not really been. Yeah, it, it's been it's been good, man. Uh, we need to, I need to get cheese and office on. Together. Separate, well, separately, and then uh, together, and then together, and then with you because I think oh. the the madness that would come out of that. But the problem uh, is, you would have to block out like a whole Saturday afternoon that you uh, weren't doing. Um, well, I mean, what time's evening? So yeah. you know, that's fine. Yeah, um, but I, th- I think it would have to be the weekend that you weren't doing it because it can yeah, take it out I'm of you. Not, I, I would, uh, the guy who manages the schedule, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it like, would be the weekend we weren't doing it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that would be interesting. I, I think everyone on at the same time would just be fucking hilarious. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, be great. You, you, the, the, the one that you did that ended the official first season of mm-hmm. unofficial first season of walk day was it was fucking brilliant <laughs> it was just like hmm? it was it was what it was less mad than i think everyone was expecting it to be to be honest yeah i mean I walk times i like massive props to scarlet for being awesome yeah. um because uh she is phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, i love doing the show with her I love doing it with Caitlin now. We've got Caitlin on board. Uh, Like, doing it has, like, given me so much fun and opportunity to talk to people. Um, So, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, We'll have to get you on at some point. Like, you're on the list. So, we'll just... It's just we're doing it every every fortnight. uh, It would have to be a weekend. uh, Or it would have to be earlier, obviously, because I work at the weekend. Um, So, yeah... But um, we'll figure something out, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, man. Yeah, it was it was good to have you on. Good chatting to you. Yeah. Uh, see you later. See you later, pal. Right. Bye. Well, that was as you said. It was almost two hours of good conversation, good laugh, and reminiscing about Scotland and how shitty it can be, and how Edinburgh is not really Scotland. Um, but yeah um, so as I said I'm, we'll try and get me on uh, the Warp Time Radio at some point in the near future um, and get things going uh, I don't think there's anything else for me to say right now so oh yes four weeks today Legends Amateur on launches um, it's first playtest so 
I'll change the plans from how we were going to do it before. Um, it will be up on Drive-Thru RPG uh, for free, obviously, because it's an alpha test. Um, and, you know, and it will be all the links to email addresses, you know, um, Facebook groups, Facebook pages, Twitter account, all the rest of that kind of stuff. So, you know, you can get in contact with us and we can get your details talk to you about what you like, talk to you about what you don't like, get you to pass on if you've got a Twitter account or a, a YouTube channel or a review site or you do Twitch um, or you do a podcast and you want to put it on we will um, or at least I will advertise the utter loving crap out of it for you from my side um, for you guys so a, I am going to say good day and happy hobby